welcome back to another episode of the Panda Splaining, a podcast. Stay tuned for the movie. We always say podcast, the podcast, like there's something else going on in this world. Yeah. Like you don't know what that you were actually opened up podcast and op- and listening to a podcast. Yeah, just there's in no case other version of the dependent explaining. <laughs> there's so don't get no. confused. No, we're not an audiobook. <laughs> we're not. We're not a. We're not a TV oh, show. Okay, not yet. But if we were, we're a movie. But, but if you we never were, know. my co-star is Jen, and I am Veronica. Uh, yeah, and the amazing and talented mm-hmm. Veronica. Uh, here I am. Here she is. <laughs> Where I've always been. <laughs> sitting on this recliner. There you are. With the microphone shoved in my face. But I'm so jealous. You have such a comfy chair. Every time we do this and I just am like, oh, I wish I had a chair like that. I'm sitting on oh, a wooden you chair. you need to get yourself a little something in there in your little closet. This recliner was in the living room. We rearranged our living room and we ended up getting two um, two chairs. And it is um, my favorite spot to sit in to drink my coffee in the mornings when I'm watching something. And I just turn the TV oh. towards me and I sit here quiet. So when I was yeah. recovering from COVID, this is where I spent, you know, my quarantine here reading in this chair. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> it was oh. fun. I so nice. I just think about it, I'm like, man, I wish I had a house like Veronica. I can't even fit barely my dresser in my in my bedroom. So, but my walking, I have a walk-in closet. I mean, you know, because I sit and record in it every day. So that I mean, that's we, co- I that's mean, a plus. we have a walk-in closet too. It's it's sm- on the smaller side, but it does its business. Um, yeah. But our room is is really long, but it's narrow. Mm-hmm. So we have a king size bed, and it's up against. The headboard is up against the wall of the way. And then the footboard, the space between the footboard and the wall is um, a tile and a, three, and a quarter of the t- other tile. It's really small. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was, telling, I was telling somebody this the other day. I was like, it's enough room for us to walk. My shoulders do brush up against the wall. But if I'm in a hurry, I find myself doing like a sideways shuffle because mm-hmm. the space is so limited. But you know what? I'm like, it's fine. Like, I don't, I'm not one, I don't spend that much time in the room. We're usually out and about in the living room or whatever, hanging out with the kids. But it's really not that big of a deal. It's not, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that it's so close to the wall. But it, the, we're very limited on the space there. And then we have this giant other space where we can fit an entire other king size bed. So we have our dressers and the recliner <laughs> and i work out in here <laughs> i have enough space to work there you out go. yeah that's perfect <clears throat> yeah it's all right that's nice that's, that's nice that's enough about me <laughs> um i had to tell you the other night we um i played bunko oh so like once uh actually twice a month because <clears throat> i do it with the spouses group and then we have our own bunko group um that we do bunko obviously good god chin anyway (laughs) um so since like i don't know october we've been playing bunko twice twice a month and you know we get together and our husbands are just like what you're playing this bunko again like what's the deal so my friend Catherine's genius idea was like hey let's do a bunko event with our spouses 
so they can see what we do and they can play bunko oh, with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, yeah, that's great. And then she had even better idea to to uh, have a theme for our event, and it was dress as your spouse, bunko. Oh my gosh, it was hilarious it was so so funny funny. um the creativity that everybody had to come in like you know (laughs) i just i was blown away it was great i i i felt i wasn't that creative but it was it worked (laughs) like my kids thought i was dave and they thought dave was me so it, it worked out i wore his old basic training pt sweatshirt that said air force on it (laughs) And then under under that, I had one of his tank tops and then his gym shorts because that's basically what David wears all the time. Yeah, is just comfy gym clothes. And then David <laughs> dressed in one of my long tank top maxi dresses. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my god! Please tell me you have pictures. Yes, there are pictures oh, for proof. Please send them to me. I'm dying to see it. Send it. Put it on. Put it on Facebook. Put it out. Everyone gets to see it. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was it was super funny. We had one of our friends showed up. And, you know, like, the guys, like, the guy's side is kind of easy because, you know, they, they dress, you know, basic. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not like yeah, yeah. We're, we're not, like, all, like, super fancy and stuff, you know. But uh, our friends from across the street showed up and, oh, my God, my friend killed it in dressing as her spouse like she came in she had a sweatshirt on she had a backwards cap his shorts his nike shoes and she even put a little like mustache like he didn't have a full mustache it's just kind of like you know stubble. you know the five o'clock oh yeah. yeah the stubble yeah and so i was like <laughs> not only that she also colored her eyebrows to match his i was like oh my god this is that's so, so funny oh it was I highly recommend that everyone try out a dresses your spouse event. To oh. Do something, do something to do it because it's just hilarious, especially to see the men. All the men that came in, our friends that uh, we did it at their house. He dressed in her cropped yoga leggings <laughs> and oh, this like it. flowy uh, top that like showed uh, had like the shoulder cutouts. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> And then our other friend Catherine, who's who's the who's the bunko queen, who does all the bunko events. Her husband came in in one of her like flowy short dresses, and he was wearing his basketball shorts underneath, so you could see it. Oh my god, it was so funny. That is hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god. It's gosh. just one of those that everyone you got to try it. Yeah. Have to try it. Oh gosh. Have Can an event. The amount of of cargo shorts that Kyle has in every shade of beige. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's awesome. And then Kyle would probably yeah. put on, what do I wear a lot? Leggings, probably gym workout clothes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Bulge and all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> our, uh, one of our friends, too, her husband showed up in her skinny jeans. Yeah. And a shirt which was, like, cropped. So you had, like, a good few inches of his belly showing too. oh my god that's perfect with it was hilarious yeah. oh my gosh oh i would love uh, you have to send me pictures i want to see those pictures i, I, I will <laughs> don't you, don't you worry yeah don't you even worry yeah it was good it was it was good 
But I'm peopled out now. You're peopled out. <laughs> oh. I'm peopled out. Oh, well, hi. This is this is our Dependence Planning Podcast. <laughs> yes. If you have any fun Where stories. Where we talk to you about different things. Yes. And if you have any fun <laughs> stories about uh, themed parties or any ideas, send them. Send your ideas to dependentsplaining at gmail.com or reach out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, and don't forget to rate and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. Yes. Okay. Where you can. Do it. All right, Veronica, are you ready for murder? Totes. Oh, yes. So in my story, I have a little like, not really history lessons, but just some like extra facts because I didn't even know about some things. And so I give you a little extra Okay. in your murder. A little extra sugar on top. Ooh. Sprinkle of murder. Sprinkle of murder. All right. So. This is the murder of Julie Snodgrass. Snodgrass. I kept saying it in my head, too, and I was like, that's kind of funny. (laughs) Anyway. In 1991, Air Force spouse Julie Snodgrass, who was 33, was living with her husband, Air Force Sergeant Joe Snodgrass, at Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines. Oh, yes. Yeah, see, I didn't know about that. I was like, oh... David, I didn't know there was a base in the Philippines. He's like, yeah, there's bases is everywhere. At least there? there was. I don't know if it's still there. No. No. Okay. It's not. Joe was an agent in the Air Force OSI. Um, Julie and Joe met at a bowling alley, and they got married just shortly after Julie graduated high school. Aww. It was a cute little story of um, her mom had said, they met at a bowling alley. It was like a group of boys and a group of girls. And the bowling alley was super busy. So the lane manager had to assign people lanes. And he ended up assigning the lane with Julie and oh, Joe. Okay. And that's how they met. So Julie was no stranger to Air Force life. Moving from Germany, Great Britain, Montana, and Ar- Arkansas before being stationed in the Philippines. Hmm. Clark Air Force Base was located about 40 miles northwest of Metro Manila and and was an active U.S. military base from 1903 to 1991. So just shortly after they were already there, it shut down. But Julie was having a hard time adjusting to living in the Philippines. She's a very fun, outgoing person. You know, she's lived overseas many times, but mm-hmm. the, Phil- the Philippines proved to be a little bit harder for her to get used to oh that's understandable yeah on february 25th 1991 joe called to report his wife missing he claimed that they had an argument and julie left according to base records julie left around 10 30 at night which i thought so i i watched the forensic files on this and i thought it was super interesting that they had to physically sign in and out of base on paper. So, like, they have oh. a, a, a recorded log of her signing herself out at, at 10.30. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Right? I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, maybe, you know, you would think, like, oh, they checked an ID and then they wrote it down. No, like, she, you could tell her that was her handwriting because everybody's name 
around hers was a different handwriting. So. Oh, okay. Fascinating. Again, see little tidbits. But once Julie left, she never returned. In the early morning of February 26th, a cab driver found Julie's truck on the side of a country road with Julie's body inside. She had been stabbed repeatedly around 40 times. She was also still in her seatbelt, and the driver's side door was ajar, which had indicated to them that she was trying to escape. Mm. Once police started to investigate the scene, they noticed lots of blood inside the truck all around except for the passenger seat. This indicated that someone had to have been sitting in that seat while stabbing her. Oh, and they just left their imprint. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just like this. You could see, like, there was blood next to the uh, passenger door, then this big empty space, and then blood, like, more towards the middle driver's side. Okay. So maybe someone she knew? Could have been. Yeah. So you could just tell that there was somebody sitting in there. Mm Mm-hmm. So they could have, they were probably covered in blood, too. Okay. Uh, and in a field nearby, police found a folding knife covered with Julie's blood. So her husband, Joe, never left the base that night of February 25th, so he was not considered a suspect at that time. So during this time, this time frame, and even like uh, maybe 10 years prior, Uh, A number of Americans had been killed by the New People's Army, or NPA, which was a wing of the Communist Party of the Philippines, or CPP. But with further investigation, it became clear that her murder was a lot closer to home. Investigators became intrigued by the rumor of problems in the Snodgrass home. They had learned that Joe and his wife had once been separated And they even had gotten divorced, but then got remarried. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Lots of, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's just, I mean, it happens. That happens where, you know, you're changing and you just, it doesn't seem like it's working. You get divorced. And then, you know, it ends up coming back. Yeah, especially because she was so young when they first got married. So maybe she had a change of heart somewhere and then another change of heart and... Led. Yeah. You know, went back to him. Okay. Yeah. It happened. So, I mean, not totally weird, but definitely something that they were like, hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They were also told they should start questioning the Sodgrass's housekeeper, a 20-something Filipino local named Lucy. While being questioned, Lucy had denied having an affair with Joe, but the Snodgrass's son, according to an interview on Forensic Files... Knew that something wasn't right. Mm. And he knew because one day he happened to walk into his mom and dad's bedroom and he saw his dad doing something he shouldn't be doing with Lucy. With the, Oh, okay. But he was just a child, so, you know, that's not enough evidence to to charge her with anything at, right but, there. Uh, I'm guessing he didn't walk in on them with helping her dust. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't think they were dusting. Yeah. <laughs> no. No vacuuming to be found. Air Force OSI then interviewed her three or four more times, each time finding inconsistencies in her stories. And then in a bombshell, Lucy admits to killing thirty three year old Julie Snodgrass. Oh, she just admitted to it? 
She admitted to it. Oh. They interviewed her a bunch of times, and they could just tell, like, each time her story kept changing, mm-hmm. things were different, they weren't, you know, she kept, she then started to, like, progress towards this, to her admitting it, mm-hmm. and then finally just, so, Lucy explains that Joe had come to her in his offer, or, sorry, Lucy explains that Joe had come to her with this offer to kill his wife, telling her he could offer her a new life in the United States, plus he would be making $400,000 in life insurance that he had just taken out on his wife. But why offer it to her? Anyways, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to that. We'll get there. With the prospect of money and a new life, the offer lured Lucy in. She hired her two uncles... And they hired one more unidentified man for $150 cash to be the hitman. That's, oh my gosh, $150? So $150, yeah. It doesn't seem like it's that much money. But at this time in the Philippines, um, it actually was a lot because their unemployment rate was at 60%. Yikes. So most... um, most employed Filipinos, if not all of them, were working to take care of 10 to even 15 family members who yeah. were not working. Because they're very close in that culture, so they tend to take care yeah. of um, other generations as well. Yes. Right. I, I mean, I heard that's still like a thing. Like they still, yes. they still continue to do it now, but in this time, it was the unemployment rate was so high that... It, it, you know, they, they were struggling. Any little bit of money was a good was, offer. Okay. Yeah, was a great offer. So mm-hmm. Joe Snodgrass devised a plan, and then he sat back and hoped it would pan out. He had asked Julie to run an errand for him that night, asking her to meet an informant he knew late at night to, I think one of them had said it was to for a payment that he owed. I don't know. But, like, why? I just, when I heard that, I was like, why? Like, why would she be okay? Like, I don't know. I guess because, I mean, I'm not involved in OSI, so I don't know, Mm. like, what. But I just feel like the wife should not be the one to go meet somebody late at night in a dark dirt road. Right. It's, It's all shady around. Yeah. Right. But I guess she didn't really question it. She just was like, sure, I'll help you. Trusted, yeah. But that left her alone and vulnerable for Lucy's uncles to carry out the job. So investigators then questioned Joe, to to which he called Lucy a liar. He gave consent for OSI to search his house, which I was like, wow, you're bold. But when they searched his house, they found paperwork under his bed of his wife's life insurance policy. Oh. And they were like, why, Joe, why is this under your bed? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was was hoping you guys wouldn't find that, like, because it would just look super suspicious. So I was hoping you wouldn't find that (laughs) because he had just recently increased her policy from $200,000 to $400,000. Okay. Within a matter of a week or so. Um, investigators then found some evidence on Joe's work computer. Well, not exactly on his computer, but around his computer, they found um, a couple of floppy disks, which um, is what we used to use before 
CDs. Before <laughs> flash drives. They were square. Before hard drives. <laughs> they were literally before floppy. any of that. Well, back in the 90s, back in the 90s, Jen, before you even got to use a computer, because I'm sure you're from the era of an actual, like, disc. Remember, like, you could insert it and it was like a little square. Yes. It was an actual floppy-ass disc that came in a floppy-ass envelope. <laughs> yeah. That's why they call them floppy disks. Yeah, so that's what you, yeah. would, you would put the thing in the computer, and it was floppy, and it came, like, in a really velvety-feeling envelope, like a papery. I still remember the texture of it. And then they became yeah. the little squares with the, like, metal yes. tab on the side. And then they were yeah. CDs, and then they became hard drives and flash drives, and now everything's on your computer. If you didn't now know, you don't need anything. Now you know. Now you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. So these floppy disks, they were, um, yes, they were the square ones, and they have like a disk inside of them, surrounded by this plastic square. Um, so they found these on his desk, and they had suspicions that they might have some evidence. Mm against joe on them okay um but unfortunately since he works in osi as well he was already informed that they were going to bring him bring him in to question this evidence that's right he was osi sorry i forgot about that bit okay Mm -hmm. so he had the um so yes they found a couple of floppy disks and they thought they might have evidence against him on there but before they could actually check them, they had to make sure that they actually belonged to Joe. Mm-hmm. So they were going to bring him in to question him on these discs. But, of course, he works in OSI. So, yes, he was informed about this interview and he came prepared. Oh. He had concealed a pair of scissors. And once they had brought out the floppy disk, Joe knew what he had to do. The investigators had turned away. They were distracted for only a moment when Joe sprang into action, cutting up the discs into tiny pieces. <gasps> now, if that doesn't ring s- total suspicion, yeah. I don't know what it is. They'll never catch me now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it is the early 90s, 91. So, you know, repairing these discs and being able to extract data from them was almost near impossible. No one's ever done it before. Okay. It's never been, you know, a thing. They were telling them what, so the investigators then were sending them off to their computer forensics lab. Mm -hmm. But the computer forensics lab was like, I don't know how to fix this. Like, I can try. Yeah. But I don't know if I can repair it enough to get the data off. One... Uh, one place told him, like, oh, it's going to take, it could take months to a year wow. in order to even get this done. And it could take up to, you know, it could cost you up to, like, a million dollars. Yikes. But they're like, you know, we really just need to try. We, we need to try. So he ha- and the investigators had faith that they would be able to do this. So when they sent it off to the computer forensics lab, it only took them a mere, uh, I think it was a few weeks. Sorry, I didn't write that down. But really, it didn't take them long. They uh, f- they managed to find a way to put the pieces back together and extract some of the evidence off of the floppy disk. They it, taped it's it. never been done. <laughs> and this is what started their first um, – started the the first – I forgot what they called it. It's, uh, it was a new way to get to extract information 
through a f- forensics lab, computer oh, okay. forensics lab. Oh. Um, and on that floppy disk, they found a letter to his mistress asking him to help him kill his wife. Oh. So there is your evidence. Boom. Skadoosh. After after being confronted by this evidence, uh, Sergeant Snodgrass pled guilty to soliciting his wife's murder because obviously, like, you can't go back from (laughs) the evidence. He's got the evidence. And Um, just the way he acted mm -hmm. and trying to destroy the evidence. Yeah. He knew he was going to get convicted either way. He was sentenced to life in a military prison without parole. Now, Lucy... However, was convicted by a Philippine court. I mean, of course, she's a local. Right. But she was only sentenced to a year in prison. And her two uncles serve similar sentences. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. She only a year for being a role in his wife's murder. The uncles who carried out said murder... Only served maybe a year or so what? in prison. Oh my yeah. gosh. I wonder if it was No, but I mean it was I was gonna say if it if it applied differently because it was an American, but it was done on Philippine soil. Yeah, it was not on base. She we know her record she left base and did not come back in, so Yeah. It was not on gosh you know on the base at like, all. That's it. That's all so, I got. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was, so, because it was her two uncles, and her two uncles hired another man. They still have never been able to identify who that third man was. Mm. It's crazy. So, yep. That's I mean, he insane. got his justice, thank goodness. But um, that is, unfortunately, the very sad, tragic murder of Julie Snodgrass. Poor thing. Like, that's awful with this mm-hmm. husband and... You're so far away from home, from your family. There's nowhere to turn to if you're having marital issues. And then him betraying her by being unfaithful. And then thinking he's going to have a better life with this younger woman. And her being like, okay, what do you think is going to happen later on, dummy? Like if he's leaving his wife, who he's married twice... Yes, exactly. Yeah, wants to kill her to be with you. Like, you don't think that could happen to you? And you're just playing along with it? For $150. He's going to get a life insurance policy on you, too, and get the money from that as well. Money makes people crazy. All he cares about is the money. Yeah. It does. It blows my mind. Yeah. It it blows my mind. The amount of ones that we always end up finding that it always has fucking life insurance in it like come on you will get found out Ugh. you will get found out like come on you're so stupid and it just it makes me sad too because they had a son and look like his son his mom is gone and his dad's in prison forever exactly and again now he's parentless yeah one of those situations again it's like he's parentless because of these selfish acts from one of the parents trying to get rid of yeah. the other one for their own gratification Look, look what you yes. did. Ruined so many lives along the way just for your greediness and your money and your horniness for a young woman. So right. pathetic. And pathetic. of course he knew, like, he knew he could be able to get her, he could lure her in because, oh, look at, you know, 
I'm bringing you to the United States and offer you a better life and all this money. And especially yeah. like if you're back then and like money is so hard to come by. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, again, like you said, money makes people crazy and mm -hmm. makes you do stupid things and stop doing stupid things uh, yeah. for money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Jen, for that story. The awful, awful yeah, story, as always. I know. <laughs> With a little little bit of info, a little bit of extra info in there for you. No, because that was the last episode. No, in this one, I mean, like, because I didn't know there oh. was a, a air base that, in, oh, or yeah. it used to be in the Philippines. Like, I, yeah. it now, so it's turned into um, a airport. Mm. That's what mm -hmm. it turned into after they, because so what happened was there was a oh god i should have wrote this down i think it was either an earthquake or an eruption meaning a volcano but i feel like that's not right hold on let me see if i can remember again was it a tsunami or let me look. no it wasn't it wasn't a tsunami here let me see really quick it told me i found um obviously i use wikipedia to tell me what this was all about mm -hmm. yeah so it started as an uh, an air, uh, mili uh, an army base, obviously military. A army base turned into a um whatever they called the U.S. Air Force before. I forgot. Oh my god, Jen, my brain. Ah, my brain. Yeah, that when it when it branched from army, the army. air corps. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the army air corps, and then um and then obviously when the air force formed, it's now it was an air base. Mm -hmm. My uh, father-in-law actually went there, and he says, and it was in the 90s, so it was probably right before it closed. He said he remembers going there, and he bought the kids, like his kids, um, leather jackets with, like, Ninja Turtles stitched on it or something like that. Like, they always talk about that and how cheap it was, and he was like, it was like $2 a jacket or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So it says that um, Clark, uh, airbase closed there was like the the they had to get the americans out because of a oh, something sorry again something happened oh my good lord jen anyway but also the uh philippine government refused to renew their lease mm. to the americans so they had to shut it down and give it back to the philippine government and they turned it into a um international airport okay but there's still military ongoings in the philippines i mean yeah so that's there's there's still stuff so there's still parts of it that are owned and operated by the philippine air force mm -hmm. and they still retain the same name as clark air base so i'm assuming that's probably i mean if there's unless there's somewhere else too mm -hmm. that they go for um you know tdys and such sure. uh type of thing but yeah you know military is so like broad it still blows my mind because i mean i know that there's bases but it's the problem is i only know the bases that are active right now for us to like live at i don't think of all the bases that they the active duty member can go to the, still yeah. no matter what i know there's turkey yes because it, you know, we used to be able to go there. Now you can't. And it's, you know, but 
all these other places. Did you know that? There's one in Iceland. See, yeah. I didn't know that. I think there's one in Greenland, too. See, I didn't know yeah. that. I mean, but Dave's like, there's literally like a base anywhere you can possibly like go. There's one in Poland because Kyle was supposed to go to Poland, remember? And his deployment got mm-hmm. canceled. Um, but there's, that would have been fun. I, like, we couldn't go with him. It, it was just like a, like a, it was a deployment for him. But that would have been cool because we could have visited when we were in the UK. But then it got canceled. Yeah. And that was, that was actually kind yeah. of a blessing in disguise because he would have been returning at the very height of, of Corona. So he probably would have been stuck for a couple of months in wherever yeah, he would have been probably. at. Yeah, which would have been really, really stressful on all of us. So, yeah. I'm thankful he didn't, we didn't go through that. I'm sad we didn't get to go to Poland, but still. Mm-hmm. Anyways. You never know. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I Maybe one I day. like learning about all these um bases that that we that we had at one point too that we mm-hmm. could have gone to or yeah. I was like, is there any in Mexico? Can we go to Mexico? <laughs> right. In South America, like can we help out our neighboring countries for, for any reason? How about right. Canada? Let's go to Canada. Let's go to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's just crazy because I just don't think about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it just yeah my husband's like yeah didn't you know like of course there is and i was like no i didn't know yeah how would i know maybe we should put out we could put out a poll on facebook or something being like what's the weirdest place you've been stationed at oh yeah yeah i would love to hear that or send it to us like if yeah yeah there's always bases that i just never have heard of before and people are like yeah i was so and so here and i was like what yeah that's crazy i know that's like when we tell people we were stationed in belgium they're like there's a base in belgium i was like it's an it's an air base like it's army run but yeah yeah i was like yeah we were lucky enough to be there for four years it's super small place super small but yeah it was awesome but i would love to hear if any of our listeners um have ever been stationed at like a a location that doesn't exist anymore maybe like if Mm -hmm. you're like a, a military brat and you remember being i don't know somewhere like Greece or some cool location let us know email us at dependusplaining at gmail.com or you know let us know on facebook instagram or twitter i'd love to know oh yes yeah, yeah. that would be great seriously let us know because that is uh, again like i told you it's just fascinating to hear mm-hmm. all these places that once were no longer around but just where they were too i'm like that's crazy mm-hmm. crazy yeah so cool Awesome. Well, thanks, Jen, again for that story. Yes, you're welcome. Your weekly dose of murder. Murder with a sprinkle <laughs> of murder and a side of murder dipped in murder. That's our new theme song. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I make fun of my daughter like that because she uh, loves uh, fancy sauce. So she makes like ketchup and mayonnaise together and it's fancy sauce, right? Yum which mm-hmm. and let me tell you i have always called it fancy sauce not just because that's what they called it on stepbrothers it has always been fancy sauce to me that was just a big coincidence but yeah so <laughs> she does it and i'm like hardly likes to put fancy sauce on her fancy sauce with the side of fancy sauce <laughs> dip, dip, fancy <laughs> sauce. she puts it on everything it's disgusting i'll be like steak um, fancy sauce chicken yeah chicken whatever fancy sauce plain rice chicken plain- sounds good Plain white rice, fancy sauce. Plain white rice. 
I was like, no, thank you. Fancy oh. She's crazy. Or ketchup, Fancy. too. Fancy. My kids like to mix the ketchup and mustard together. Yum. Like to dip with. Yeah. So when we would go to Mexico, there there's this guy that sells fries just out of his car, like a hot dog man, which also there's one of those, too. But <laughs> it was just fries. And, like, you go and get, like, a, a super order of fries, and he would put ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, and hot sauce all over it. It sounds like a disgusting. Yum. No, it's really good. Yeah, it sounds disgusting to some people, but it was really delicious. And I was like, mustard on your fries? Yes, I'm here for it. It was really, really yummy. That's That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Try it next time. Next time you have fries, be like, can I have some mustard too? (laughs) Yum. That sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. I need it. I love fries, so I'm down for all kinds of things on my fries. Potato wedges? Those are my favorite. Yeah. Some cheese and some some pico on there too. You know Mm. what they sell at the commissary? You probably have it too. They have Arby's curly fries, like for a frozen, a bag of frozen curly fries. Yes, I think. I think I have seen those. Yeah. I have never in my life eaten at Arby's. And so I've gotten the fries. That's right. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, I'm 39. At this point, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Like, I've survived. And there's one on base. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't care. So, but I was like, the curly fries, I was like, they're pretty good. Now I could say I've Mm -hmm. eaten Arby's (laughs) without having to go to Arby's. Yes, you can. And You need to have the roast beef. So you have to go to Arby's and have the roast beef. That's what Kyle said, too. And I was like, I I don't know about... I don't know. I just, I'd rather have like a roast beef sandwich from a deli. <laughs> it's so basic and delicious. It's like the bun they use is so good. And then it's nicely thin sliced. And then, oh, you don't have to do a lot to it. Just add some ketchup. Mm. Delicious. And then get some curly fries. You're good. Golden. <laughs> One of these days, maybe, if I'm starving <laughs> enough. I'm so hungry. I, can I mean, you Arby's. have like the most, you have the most amazing food ever, so I definitely would choose all that over Arby's, but still, like, it's mm-hmm. delicious. There's an episode of The Simpsons where Bart is so hungry, and he goes, I'm so hungry I could eat at Arby's. And so we, <laughs> we joke about that all the time because I've never eaten at Arby's. I'm like, I'm so hungry I could eat at Arby's. But my son loves I mean, the curly fries. Not that great. Yeah, my son loves mm-hmm. them. And I put them in the air fryer for just a few minutes, and he, oh, they're so good. They're, like, crunchy and really soft in the middle. Yes. So, he loves the those. seasoning on the outside, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Curly fries and those waffle cut fries and potato yeah. wedges, they they beat out the regular fry any day. Sorry. It's true. Unless, Ex- unless except you're I do in Belgium. I do oh my god. I do really like the like thin the thin fries. Oh Almost like shoestring fries. Shoestring those fries. are those are good too. I love like thin fries. Yeah, too. and I love the steak fries. It they have to be like crispy though. Yes. Yeah, because then you, it's like a mouthful of mashed potatoes. <laughs> they can't be soggy. That's so gross. They yeah. have to be crispy on the outside, soft and warm and fluffy on the inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I'm hungry. I'm gonna go have breakfast, Jen. I know. You go enjoy it. I'm gonna go I'm have so some shrimpies at the officers' club. Yay! I'm so excited. Yum. Yummy. I'm going to go eat lunch. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, it's later with you. Well, thank you, listeners, <laughs> for being here for us. And we're here for you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you rate and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. And you... Oh, I just said rate and subscribe, right? Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Reach out to us on the, at planning at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And tell your friends about us. Yeah. Share. 
And that's Share all. It. That's all she wrote, Jen. That's all. Yep, that's all she wrote. Great. And don't forget that wherever you go, there, there you are. You are.